we're in a series called Freedom, Living the Abundant Life. So over the next few weeks, I'm just taking issues, struggles, challenges that we all face because there's no temptation but such that is common to man. Some people think, well, I'm just an island. This only happens to me. Negative. That's not true. That's the enemy trying to isolate you and make you think that so you don't reach out for help or get help. We all, uh, basically, we all struggle with the same things to a degree. Last week was offense. This week, last week was comparison. This week is offense, our hurt, our unforgiveness, our bitterness, our resentment. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, you're going to face offense. You're, you're going to be offended. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to stab you in the back. Somebody, somebody's going to make light of you. Somebody's going to say something that, that doesn't sit right with you. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Aren't you encouraged? You're going to face some offense. I love one-liners. I, 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 love, I love these little sayings that kind of catch on and become part of our culture. Dave Ramsey says, if you live like no one else, later you'll live like no one else. Uh, John Wesley said, make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. What a great principle to live by. Somebody said, God helps those who help themselves. A lot of you thought that's in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's what Benjamin Franklin said back in the 1700s, and it's became, it's because, said so often, it's become part of our fra- fabric, part of our, who we are, almost is held as, as biblical. If you'll, if you'll help yourself, God will help you. There's also a guy by the name of Sat- Leroy Satchel Page, who's known for one-liners. He was a baseball player back, he played in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. He pitched a professional game when he was 60 years old. He's probably, many historians say, he was the greatest baseball player to ever live. And he, he also had this contagious personality, an infectious smile, just a great guy to be around. But he played in a, in a very day of just high race, racism, and, and he'd get on the mound, and, and, and they, would, they would say things and throw things and, and slurs and, and just all that, that went with that. And, and, and he... The one reporter asked him after a game, he goes, how, how do you do that? How do you put up with that? How do you pitch so effectively in such, a, in such a cancerous environment? How do you do that? And his response is, you got to love like you've never been hurt. you got to love like you've never been hurt. And now, that, that's not expressed like that in the Bible, but that's a principle. If we're going to live the freedom, if we're going to have an abundant life, you can't wallow in offense. You can't. You can't hang on to unforgiveness. You can't put up with bitterness. You've got to love like you've never been hurt. I think of Joseph in the Bible where, where he, he's become to the pinnacle of his career. He's, he, he holds the key to Egypt. He, he's got all the corn in the world. And here comes his brothers because they're starving. And he brings them into a room. And, and these are the same brothers that threw him in a pit, that sold him into slavery, that lied about him to his father. These are the guys that eventually caused him to be a slave in Egypt, to be thrown into a prison, to be forgotten, but by the grace of God eventually rose to this place of prominence, and now they're sitting before him, and, and Joseph's in a place where he can, make reven- he can get revenge, where he can get restitution, where he can make their life miserable, where he can do whatever he wants to do to them, but he filters it through the lens of God's purposes, and he declares to them what the devil meant for harm or what you meant for harm. God has turned into good. You know what he was saying? I'm going to love like I've never been hurt. 
I'm, I'm going to err on the side of grace. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm not going to hold on to bitterness. David is known as, as the king of Israel, maybe the greatest king. Killed Goliath, won a lot of battles. But, but you need to remember about David. He had a father who didn't believe in him. Remember Samuel came and was trying to anoint the next king, and, and, he, and, the, and the father put all the sons together. And Samuel said, none of these are it. And, and, the, and David's father goes, well, yeah, I do got one more boy. He's out, in the shep- he's out tending some sheep, but I'm sure not, he's not the one. The father didn't believe in him. His, his brothers mocked him, betrayed him, belittled him. He had a wife that criticized him. One time he came, he was the king, he came into Israel following the Ark of the Covenant and the present, which represented the presence of God. And he danced so hard that his outer robe fell off. And, and his wife was looking up in an upper level of, a, of a, a part, whatever she lived in. And she began to mock him. And when he came home, she goes, everybody thinks you're a fool now. Nobody's going to call you king. He had a son who raped his daughter. He had another son. You thought your, well, you thought your family was jacked. He had another son who rebelled against him and overthrew, took the kingdom from him. And, and he had a father-in-law that constantly wanted to kill him. But David made up his mind, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get mean. I'm not going to be angry. It doesn't matter what you did or what happened to me. I'm going to live like I've never been hurt. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to err on the side of grace. You get to the book of Job, it's one thing for you to forgive others when they hurt you. It's another thing when you feel like God has been unfair to you or unjust to you or has not come to your rescue. Job in one day lost all ten of his children. All his resources, everything he owed was, uh, owed, owned was wiped out. He got so sick with boils that he wanted to die. You ever been, you ever been so sick, Lord, just take me, Lord, I can't do this anymore. So sick. He, he had a wife that told him to curse God and die. Do you want to be married to that kind of woman? Job, you're useless. Your life's over. Just go hang yourself. He had four friends that came to his rescue, but all they wanted to do was point their finger at him and, and, and tell him how bad he was. And, and this is the judgment of God. And Job, why don't you just repent? Why don't you just come out of your sin, confess? Job knew his heart was right before God. I mean, he's got all this stuff against him and and, and you know what? He makes a decision in his mind. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to bless the name of the Lord regardless. Jesus went through all that torture, all that shame. Spit on him, mocked him, beat him. Beat him so hard in the face that his eyes were swollen. He couldn't see straight. Use that leather whip filled with glass and bones to just really, I mean, where his internal organs were showing on his back. Shove that crown of thorns on his head. You talk about a headache, any migraine you've ever had times 10. This was the migraine of all migraines. And then they took him on a cross and nailed spikes in his hands and his feet. And, and many of the pictures show him elevated off the ground. What, I, what I've studied and what I've read is that they, he was only about a foot off the ground so that people could walk by him and look at him eye to eye and say, if you're the Savior, why don't you come down from the cross? The shame, the humility, the pain, the hurt, the rejection. Father, what do he say? Father, forgive them. 
for they know not what they do. I, I, my question is, how did Joseph refuse to get revenge? What if you had been in that setting? How did David, how did David keep his heart pure? How did Job stay faithful to God? How did Jesus display so much grace? If there's one question I'm asked more than any other, it's how do I forgive? How do I let it go? And then, I'm, and then, I'm, then the stories follow. The abuse, the neglect, the betrayal, the pain. You, you know, one in three women now, they say, are sexually abused. Girls, women. I mean, you think about that. That's like one to you. One to you. Every third lady in here. That's what they say. One in five men. They tell me of the, the, the hatred that they've been showed. Their parent, whatever. Just the story. The, here's, they tell me, I for, I've been forgiven, but I can't forgive myself. I just, I just can't let it go. I can't. Have you, any of you ever vacuumed? You, do you, you know, every now and then, not much, but every now and then I get the vacuum out. And, and you know, godly people, people that love Jesus, they vacuum in lines. It's very... It's very important that you vacuum in lines. If you, here, here's the truth. If you vacuum like this, you're probably not saved. You're probably not going to heaven. There's a character flaw in your life that you need to get right. And, and if you vacuum right, if you're holy, you vacuum and your feet don't walk where you've ever, where you vacuum, right? You vacuum, you do it in lines, you walk out backwards, and then you're out the room with a perfectly lined vacuum floor. That's the way it works. And then, have you ever vacuumed and you couldn't pick something up? And it's just that little piece, of whatever it is, lint, plastic, whatever. And, and that's the only time you're allowed to zigzag. <laughs> only time. And then if you can't pick it up, if it doesn't pick it up, what do you do? You bend over, you pick it up, you look at it, and then what you do? You throw it back down. And you, you try vacuuming again. <laughs> and there... It's just like unforgiveness. You just, can't, you just can't pick it up. You just can't let it go. Pastor, how do I forgive? How, how, do, I, how do I let it go? How do I do that? I'm going to give you two things. They're not necessarily new things, but they're vital things. And remember, this whole message is in this context, in the light of this, is I want you to be free. You're either an overcomer or you're being overcome. And the Bible says that we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That we are, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could cope with something. He died on the cross so you could conquer it by faith in His name. So this whole context is... This whole idea, again, maybe not new, but I, I, don't, I, don't, want you, I don't want you to allow the, the familiarity to miss the importance. Does that make sense to you? I want you to listen maybe like it's the first time. How do I let it go? Here's, here's what you do. You pray for people. You pray for the people who hurt you. You pray for them. Yeah, I'll pray for them. I pray they get herpes and hemorrhoids at the same time. <laughs> whatever you bind in heaven, whatever you loose in heaven will be loose on earth. Jesus loose hemorrhoids on them in Jesus' name. There was a song out not long ago, and, and it was called, I'll Pray For You. 
And, it, and the chorus went, I pray your brakes go out running down a hill. I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in the head like I'd like to. I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls. I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls. I pray all your dreams never come true. Just know wherever you are, I'm praying for you. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he said, pray for the people who hurt you. This is how he said it. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Earlier he said, anybody can love people that love them. Anybody can love people that are good to them. The real character, the real, the real finding out where you are, what you're about, the real woman of God, man of God, can love their enemies. They can do good to those who hate them. They, they have the ability, the capacity to bless those who curse them and to pray for those who mistreat them. Here's, here's what he said, same idea, different, different uh, light, because Matthew wrote it. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You remember the audience that Jesus was writing to? The Romans worshipped the God of revenge. The Jews were taught an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Somebody hits you, hit them back. Somebody steals from you, get them back. Somebody does you wrong, do them wrong back. You're going down traffic and somebody flips you off. You peel both bananas. You get them back. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what they had been taught. But Jesus comes along and he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's so outside their realm of understanding. And it's not even natural. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. Don't hate them, love them. Don't curse them, bless them. Don't get them back. Make it right. Pray for them and ask the Lord to help them. I had a, I had a neighbor when we first moved to Chesterfield. I hated. I'm not proud of. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not boasting. I hated him. I, I wanted him to die of a heart attack. I'm not lying. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's not even funny. I hate it. And why? He would curse me when I came out of my house. He would try to intimidate my wife. He would try to scare my kids. One time we came home from vacation. The kids jumped out of the car to get on their bikes. They headed up the, 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 the road. He was right across the street. It was kind of a narrow road. He immediately jumped in his truck, squealed out of his driveway, knocked over two garbage cans, and parked in the front of his house to make it difficult for my kids to get by. There was a time a little, little Asian lady lived beside him where he went, he went after her. She couldn't even speak good English. Something welled up in me, and, and I just went out. We, we about went to blows that day. I came out one time. I went to work out. It was my habit to get up early. It was like 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to the gym. He meets me outside at the, at the car. He takes a swing at me for no reason. Cra called the cops on me two times. The, co the, the police officer said, he's crazy. You need to do your best to stay away from him. I hated him. And, and, and you know what was happening to me? It was, it was killing me. It was changing me. It was changing my personality. It was changing my countenance. I was paranoid. I mean, there was a, you, you heard that scripture in the Bible where Elijah, the prophet, he was walking through this city and a bunch of kids came out and made fun of him, started calling him baldy. And he cursed them. And two bears came out the woods and ate the kids. I was like, Jesus, do that. 
get some bears, get this man. And then, and then this verse, I'd heard it a million times, but it started, and I didn't even realize. I mean, I don't think, I think my hate was so justified. My hate made so much sense. And when I told people, they said, I don't even know, you ought to hate them. But then, and I'd heard this verse a million times, but there was a time it just resonated in my spirit. What, pray for him. And I started praying for him. I, and at first it wasn't good prayer. At first it was, bless him, real short. But eventually it was like, God, I don't want to see him die and go to hell. And, and the more I prayed, the Lord gave me a picture, not of an older man who was trying to hurt me, but of a younger kid that had been hurt. And I started thinking differently about it. And even in the, and I wish I could have said I led him to the Lord. I didn't. I wish I could have said the five years we lived there got better. It didn't. We eventually had to move. It just got, it just got worse. It escalated. But I will say that prayer, it changed me. And that's what prayer does. It changes us. It gets us in the right attitude. A- actions always follow attitude. Out of the abundance of the heart, the heart has to be right before the mind can start working and, and, and things begin to align. As I prayed, the bitterness, the resentment, the hatred, the anger begin to drain out of me. I w- I'm telling you, I would not be in ministry today if I had not forgiven that guy. He, it would have forever changed my direction, my course, my life. I'd have been an angry, an angry joker. Pray for those. Pray for the people who hurt you. You say, Pastor, I can't forgive. What you're saying is, I don't want, you, I don't want to be free from that person's sin of stupidity. I don't want to be free from their immorality or their cruelty or their lust or wrongdoing. I want to remain a victim. When you say, I just can't forgive, you're saying, I don't want my mind and my heart to be released so God can pour His healing and His love into it. I'd rather be a victim forever than allow one foolish person to dictate my life and change my countenance and poison my personality and sabotage my character and control my future. You know what I say? Why don't you just call that person the Lord of your life? Because of your refusal to forgive them, they've become your master. You've given him or her permission to rule your life. The person is not hurting, but they continue to hurt you. For your sake, forgive and be free. As the great theologian Taylor Swift said, shake it off. Let it go. And here's what I hear. Here's what people say. Well, I can't forget. Well, don't mix up forgetting and forgiveness. They don't, you don't have the capacity to forget. Just because you haven't forgotten doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. Well, I can't trust them anymore. Trust is earned. Trust is lost. Forgiveness does not equate to trust. Well, I just want to distance myself from them. Well, good. Maybe you need to. Sometimes you've got to get out of a situation. You've got to stay away. That doesn't mean you're, you're not or you're unwilling to forgive. Forgiveness defined It's a decision to cancel a debt. It's a decision to cancel a debt. It's a decision to cancel a debt. It's it's making your mind up that I'm going to give out forgiveness. Oh, you heard me? Well, here's some forgiveness. Oh, you talk bad about me? Here's some forgiveness. I'm going to love like I've never been hurt. I'm uh, going to make a decision right now. You know, the Bible says, and I'll read it er, uh, later in the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's a daily prayer. It's a model that we're supposed to pray. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our... 
it's, it's important to me that I wake up, I do one of the first things. Lord, you've forgiven me, you've been good to me, and I choose right now. I make a decision this morning, I'm going to forgive today. Because somebody's going to cut me off in traffic, there's a potential I'm going to get a bad email, somebody's going to say something, do something, and I've made a decision. I've made a decision, I'm going to offer forgiveness. I'm going to give forgiveness. It's a decision to cancel a debt, to say you don't owe me anymore. I'm giving up my right to retaliate. No matter how you've hurt me, how you've wreaked havoc on my future, how you ruined my family, I've made a decision that you don't owe me anymore. That you, I'm not going to, I don't have to get even with you. I'm going to leave that up to God. He's a just God. He's a good God. And, and here, again, here's the thing. It's, it's not, if I forgive them, they, they won't learn their lesson. If I forgive them, they won't pay for their actions. If I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. It's not about them. It's about you. When you forgive somebody, it frees somebody. And more often than not, that freedom is you. It comes to you. It's a decision to cancel a debt. I'm not going to wait for you to ask me. I'm not going to put my life on hold till you come to your senses. In spite of everything you've done, I've decided you don't owe me anymore. You might have taken my innocence. You might have taken my kids. You might have taken my money. You might have taken my future. You might have tried to take my peace and my joy and my security and my income and my health, but I cancel the debt. You don't owe me anymore. And if for some reason down the road you come to your senses and you come back and you want to make repayment or restitution for whatever, and that, that's fine, but you don't have to because I've canceled it. And I get all this pushback, all this feeling, again, well, they're not going to learn their lesson. It's not, a, can I just reiterate, it's not, it's a, for your freedom. It's for you living the abundant, overcoming life. You're either a conqueror or you're being conquered. You're either coping or you're overcoming. Don't cope, overcome. Don't endure, enjoy. Live the life you are ordained and destined to live. And if you're walking in unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger, you're, you're not, you're missing out. Jesus said, or the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, that if you let the sun go down on your wrath, you open up your heart, you open up your spirit, and you give the devil a foothold. You give him, you're a child of God, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, the price for your salvation has been paid, you've been stamped by God, but when there's unforgiveness, you you open up a little door, you open up a little window in your spirit where the devil can walk through, where he can get a little hook in you, where where he can mess with you. You give him legal access to mess with you. I'm telling you, shut the door through forgiveness. Close it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, Paul said, but get rid of bitterness and slander and malice and all kind of other sins that's been been made against you and forgive as you have been forgiven. To forgive is a decision to cancel a debt. here's, Here's the second thing I want to tell you. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Again, don't let the... Don't let the repetitiveness, don't let the, the, what you've heard so many times to just go. I mean, I heard, I heard this forever, but, but there was a moment in my situation where, it just, man, I got to do this. 
And I'm praying for those that today will be the moment that you're going to have an encounter with God and you're going to be confronted by His Word and you're going to be fueled by the Holy Spirit. And today you're going to begin to walk in new freedom, a new, a new level of freedom and grace. And it comes as you forgive as you have been forgiven. Only people who, have, who know forgiveness have the motivation to forgive. Your motivation to forgive others is not because they ask for it. It's not because they deserve it. It's because of what Christ has done for you. Because you have been forgiven. And we need to be reminded this morning, you put Jesus on the cross. I put Jesus on the cross. No, it happened 2,000 years ago. No, he died for me. He died for you. Our sin, our rebellion. Yet while they were yet sinners, Jesus said, I paid the price for their sin. We put them there. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. We've all come up short. But by the grace of God, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you, O Lord, kept a record of wrongs, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Here's what Isaiah said concerning our sin. And you realize that you have sinned. You realize you have done, you have, you have rebelled against God. You've You've hurt others. You've said things you shouldn't have said. You, you, have, you, you've, you haven't done things you should have done. We, we've, all, we've all been there. We've all done that. Our sin, against, our sin against God sent Jesus to the cross. But in Isaiah, it's prophetic. Isaiah's prophesying of what's to come when Jesus died. He says, come now, let's settle this matter. Let's, let's get it out in the open. Let, let's, let's resolve it. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'm going to make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I'll make them like wool. Jesus says, I've, I've forgiven you when you confess. And now you have the capacity. And now you have the power. And now you have the command to go and forgive. Here's, here's what he said. Forgive. Here's that. The Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't give it, you don't get it. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. He said it this way. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given unto you. Often we use this scripture in the context of money. If you give money, you'll get it back. And they can apply to money, but that's not, not the context of the verse. The context of the verse is if, if, if you'll give forgiveness, if you'll give mercy, and instead of condemnation, if you'll give grace, and instead of judgment, if you'll give compassion, then I'll give it back to you. I'll, it'll be a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you want a spoonful of forgiveness, give a spoonful of forgiveness. I don't know about you. I need like a wheelbarrow, a dump truck load. I need a lot of forgiveness. Therefore, I need to give a lot of forgiveness. For with the same measure I use, the same grace I use, the same mercy I give, the same... Forgiveness I offer will be offered back to me. 
by God. Are you getting anything out of this? Is it making, making sense? Is it reminding you of, of what's gone, going on? Here, here you, you'll never, you, I'll read that in a minute. You'll never find freedom focused on the people who hurt you. You'll never, the, the motivation to forgive will never be found in the people who offended you. You'll only find freedom when you refocus on the fact that you've been forgiven. Shift your focus. From they ruined my relationship. Because of them, my kids are confused. If it weren't for their selfishness, I'd never have to go through this pain. Switch your focus from the one who hurt you to what Christ has done for you. Let me say that again. From the one who hurt you. Shift your focus from the one who hurt you to what Christ has done for you. You can rehearse it over and over and over. You can play the tape in your mind over and over and over and focus on it. And you can stay bound up and boogered up and, 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 and full of, of just bitterness and grief. Or you can release it and begin to focus on the God who's done so much for you. Here's what Paul said. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Man, Joseph forgave. And millions of people were saved because of his leadership. David forgave, and he's known as a man after God's own heart. Job kept his heart tender towards God, and God rewarded him with two times as much as he lost. And when Jesus forgave, he made a way for everyone to be reconciled with the Father. Here's here's my point. Don't let your history, don't let what has happened to you, don't let the pain of the past, don't don't let the abuse, don't let the the rejection, don't, don't let the betrayal Don't let your history abort your destiny. Don't let unforgiveness keep you from God's best. Let go and be free. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen, everybody. Amen. Stand with me to your feet, will you? And with your heads bowed and your eyes shut, maybe you've never... Maybe you've never received forgiveness today. Maybe, maybe you're here today because your mom, I'll feed you lunch if you come to church. You have no, no real desire to be here. Maybe you're here because your boyfriend, your girlfriend said, if you don't start coming, I'm not going to date you. And girl, if you're dating an unbeliever, kick him to the curb in Jesus' name. But you're here today for whatever reason. Man, let's settle this issue of sin because we all got that issue. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. We've all, we've all blown it. We've all been disconnected from our Creator. And the only thing that can bridge that gap, the only thing that can make it right is the blood of Jesus. And, and, and He died for us. He gave us that. He died so we could live. And some of you are thinking, well, man, I'll do it later. And I've got a lot of time. And I need to sow some wild oats or... I'm not, I'm not ready to make that commitment. I could never live like that. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm pleading with you. You don't know what tomorrow holds. The wages of sin is death. If you don't deal with your sin, 
It, it, I, I, I don't even say that right because you can't deal with your sin. If you don't let Jesus deal with your sin, you'll spend eternal separation from God forever. Don't, don't leave here like that. That's why Isaiah said, hey, let's just settle this issue right now. Let's get forgiveness. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them as, I'll make them as pure as wool. Though they're red like crimson, I'll make them as white as snow. Let Jesus do that for you today. It begins with a prayer, just a prayer of confession, a, a commitment to repent and turn from your sin and turn to God. It begins with just a declaration that says, Lord, I want, you, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to remove myself and put you on the proper place in my heart. With your heads bowed and your eyes shut, this, if, you, if you need God's forgiveness, I would pray something like this, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, I want this issue settled. I want this sin issue settled. Forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. Remove my guilt, remove the stain. I receive what you did for me on Calvary. I confess you as my Lord and I invite you to be my Savior today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that maybe this morning is the first time they've ever really asked God to forgive them. I pray the washing of your spirit will just pour over them today right now. Lord, that, that the sin, that the stains, that the pain would begin to wash out of them by your grace and your goodness. Lord, that they'd realize today that they've been forgiven, that they've been made new, that they are a new creation in Christ, and today is the first day of a new journey, a new walk with you. Bless them, help them, lead them, guide them. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes still shut, for those that just said yes to the Lord, I... I'll give you some instruction in a minute, but let me ask this question. Is there somebody in here that just can't let it go? Forgiveness, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger. You realize today that you've given the devil legal access. You've given him an opportunity to get a foothold in your life because you've been unwilling to cancel the debt. You've not made that decision. Do it today, will you? Forgive him. I know it's not easy, and sometimes it's instantaneous, and sometimes it's a process. And sometimes you got to forgive them and forgive them. How many times do you forgive? Seven times seven, 490 times. It's not even about the number. It's about the process. It's just, you just got to keep forgiving them. You just got to keep forgiving them. Take another step towards healing today. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I release them of any debt. Lord, I don't hold, them, I don't hold it against them. I just, like Jesus, I say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let it go, will you? Lord, empty my heart of bitterness and rage and malice and slander. God, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to act like that. I want to be free today. Free today. Put your hand over your heart, will you? And just say, Lord, I want my heart pure before you. I want to respond like Job. I want to respond like David. I want to respond like Joseph. Put your hand over your mind today, will you? Lord, I want my mind to be clear of offense and hurt. Lord, I want to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. When the devil keeps trying to bombard my heart, my mind of the pain and the grief and the sorrow, Lord, I just give it to you. I renew my mind in Jesus' name. Renew it today in Jesus' name. Renew it today in Jesus' name. Lord, because you've forgiven me, I give forgiveness this morning. Lord, with the measure I use, it'll be measured to me. And so I just offer it. I give it in Jesus' name. It's not natural. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. You've got to help me, Lord. And I thank you that you will. In Jesus' name. Lord, let me pray for you. Lord, free people today. Free us today, we ask. God, you got a destiny. you got a purpose. you got a potential for each of us. 
And Lord, may we walk out of here in a new freedom, a new level of grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, we're going to sing one more song. We're going to baptize five people. I want, I, want, I want to encourage you to stay, hang out. We've got time. I've ended a little early so we could celebrate as a family together of souls being born again. It's a big deal. But I want us to worship one more time. We said that, that focus matters, and you can focus on the person that hurts you, or you can focus on the goodness of God. Worship helps you to focus on the goodness of God, helps you to focus on His attributes, His characteristics, His power. Will you not miss this opportunity? You got up, you came to church this morning, you made the effort to get ready, get in the car, you, you know, you came even through the potential of a storm. Man, don't just come wanting to hear a couple songs or hear a message. I pray you've come wanting to have an encounter with God, to be changed and transformed by His grace and His mercy. Let this be the time, will you? Will you lift your hand towards heaven? God, I need you today. God, I want to experience you in a deeper level. I want to come to know you more intimately. Lord, I've come today to meet with the God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And Lord, I don't understand it, but you meet with us collectively and you also meet with us individually. And today I pray your spirit would be poured out in this house and that individually you would connect with people as they go after you. Lord, let them know a, a greater dimension of your love to become more awareness of your goodness and your grace. God, open our eyes to the reality of who you are today, Jesus. We welcome your presence. We acknowledge that you're here. Lord, we say bless us today. Help us today. Fill us today. Empower us today. Come on, pray with me, will you? Lord, fill this place today with your grace and your goodness. Oh, Lord, transform me. Renew me. Make all things new by your power. And we'll thank you for it. Let's worship together.